everybody, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Liz, and I am so happy to be back. I took August 2017 off and just aired a couple of little mini episodes so I could have a break to plan and catch up. And it was sort of like when you tell your spouse or your partner, like, yeah, honey, go take a vacation, you know, go enjoy yourself, right? And then they leave and you miss them and you're like, oh my gosh, come home, come home, come home. It sort of felt like that. I really love doing my podcast. And although the break was nice, it's generated so many more ideas and directions that I want to take it in, people I want to interview. So I'm so happy to be back and I'm glad you're joining me. Today is a sensitive topic. It is about sex and love addiction. So if you have children in the car that you don't want to listen to this content, I suggest turning it off and listening to it at a time that's more private for you. So let's talk some about sex addiction first, and then we're going to jump into the interview with Dr. Stan Hyman, who does use hypnosis to help reduce the urges when they come on. So sex addiction affects three to five percent of the population in the U.S., they think. It affects both men and women. So this is not just a male disease. It's definitely both men and women. Are there more men that meet the criteria? Absolutely, than women, but it still affects both. And a lot of people will say, oh my God, I'd love to be a sex addict. Okay, <laughs> like as in a joking manner, like what's wrong with that? What they're missing is that there's a compulsive aspect to it that feels awful and destructive, just like any other kind of addiction, meaning the person feels like they have to. It's no longer a choice for pleasure. It's more of like, I have to, I have to, I have to, to soothe. And this takes the form of, it could be porn addiction, it could be compulsive masturbation. It could be um, hookups, meaning with complete strangers or sometimes people they know. It can be affairs. Sometimes people have like, are they're serial cheaters. So they can't stay monogamous in their marriage. And they feel like they have to have someone on the side. Sometimes that's one person, but sometimes that's multiple people. So it really varies and it's pretty individual, but the overriding characteristic is that it feels compulsive. Like no matter what they try to do to stop, they feel like they can't and then they're back in it. So it's pretty miserable. It can destroy careers. It can destroy jobs. It can destroy marriages, obviously destroy people. So it's a very dangerous addiction as well, meaning it's, it's life threatening ranging anywhere from diseases that can kill you to actual dangerous situations that could kill somebody. The other way that it can kill somebody is through suicidality. Like people get suicidal. They feel like their whole lives are unmanageable. If they're discovered, they often lose loved ones, children, all, all kinds of things like that happen that will send them into wanting to end their lives. It's a little bit different than drug or alcohol addiction because they consider sex addiction a process, quote unquote, process addiction. For most people, it, particularly if they're married or they're in partnership with somebody, it's not like they can stop having sex and, right? It doesn't work that way because 
sexuality is considered a healthy component of somebody's life. And when you have a problem with that, then it's a whole different ballgame there. Now, let me differentiate here too, that not everybody is a sex addict who watches porn. Okay. I actually get this question quite a bit. Like, well, I watch porn a couple times a month. Am I a sex addict? And it's like, ah, chances are you're not if it's only a couple times a month. Okay. <laughs> like we are talking morning to night often for sex addicts. Like they wake up and that's what they do, or they find themselves at work knowing they could lose their jobs and that's what they do. Or it's like a all day, every day type of thing. Really the best way to know is go and take the questionnaire. There's a free questionnaire on saa-recovery.org and that will be in the show notes. There'll be a link to it on the website so that you can go and, and take the questionnaire yourself and see, am I a sex addict? So if there is any question that you have about yourself or about your partner, go and take the questionnaire and see, and then know that there is help out there. There are meetings you can do. If there's not one in your area, then you can do phone meetings. You don't even have to say a word. You can just call into a meeting and listen, and nobody will even know you're there listening. There's therapists that can help you. There's all kinds of resources, but there is the free resource. And people often picture these meetings as like a room full of perverts, like, I don't know, a room full of like child molesters. And that's not actually the reality of it. There's a whole range of people in there. And actually the child molester is a pretty rare person to be in one of those meetings. Child molestation is a whole different topic. So I'm, I'm not going to go into that. There's a whole range of people in that room and most of them look just like you and me and they're struggling. I will say that meetings are judgment-free places. They're anonymous. So a lot of people who struggle with sex addiction don't even feel safe opening up to their therapist. Or if they do, sometimes their therapist is like, no, porn is completely fine. They sort of miss the compulsivity of it. Even addiction specialists often miss this because they're so used to dealing with drugs and alcohol that they're not well educated around sex addiction and how different it is. My point in saying that is if you do want to get help, make sure you get someone who knows specifically about sex addiction, not just uh, a general drug and alcohol person. And also to say that if you don't even feel safe talking to anybody about this, then you may consider meetings. They're free and they're anonymous. You don't even have to give your real name and you'll get some real help there in a judgment-free space. So Dr. Stan Hyman is joining us again. He was on the podcast previously and he's joining us again to talk about sex addiction and how he uses hypnosis to help it. He is a sexologist and has had an incredible, incredible amount of training to get to that level of expertise. Let's hear what he has to say. I'm welcoming back Dr. Stan Hyman. He's been on the show previously and talked all about his experience with hypnosis, doing hypnosis and high performance and sales and business coaching and consulting because he has quite a background in that. He gets back on the show to talk about 
how he uses hypnosis with addiction and in particular sex addiction and how he integrates that with treatment. What are your credentials around that? Are you a certified sex therapist? Uh, yeah, I, I have actually I have a PhD in clinical sexology uh-huh. and therefore I'm a clinical sexologist, uh, which in, uh, in other words, you need about, I, th- I forget the exact number, 120 hours to practice in Florida uh, as, a, uh, as a sex therapist. You know, I have about the equivalent of about a thousand hours. So, um, wow. that, uh, so that's a, you know, much more in-depth. My dissertation was on um, the integration of sex therapy and, mar- and uh, marriage and couples therapy. Basically, that's the, that that's a distinction with respect to uh, Florida practice. Fascinating, fascinating dissertation. It sounds like, yeah. yeah. So you're a clinical sexologist, which is right. incredibly difficult to get. You have to be pretty serious about it in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so part of your practice focuses on helping couples with sex as well as sex addiction, right? Okay. So can you tell our listeners, how do you use hypnosis in that? How do you... Okay. So, so when we think about sex addiction, uh, we're really talking about, you know, some people would say that addiction, by definition, the kind of um, uh, physiological problem that goes towards utilizing a substance uh, in such a way as to create a tolerance, in other words, using a substance that you need more and more of in order to sustain yourself. Like Mm -hmm. when you become an alcoholic, you can go into stage one, two, and three alcoholism where you uh, continue to use alcohol to a point where you really um, uh, find you have to use it. Likewise with all substances. With sex, on the other hand, there's there's a difference. It can be considered a compulsive behavior Mm -hmm. that uh, people are... um, compelled to do if it's you know a sexual addiction we think about it as being somebody who's got whatever it might be if it's let's say pornography so somebody who's got a compulsion to view pornography almost to the point of um uh distraction mm-hmm. where he he or she cannot any it's usually a he by the way uh cannot um uh almost stop themselves from uh, from doing it um, right. Like it begins to get them into all kinds of trouble at work even and yeah, because it is yeah. compulsive. Right. Definitely right. in their marriage, it affects it. Right. Exactly. So the, uh, you know, apart from promiscuous behavior, I mean, obviously there are people who uh, find themselves uh, in one kind of um, uh, sexual relationship after another. And I, I use the word relationship loosely. It may not be a relationship. It just may be a, a, a sexual incident, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one after another, promiscuous sex. And sometimes, of course, it's um, uh, it's it's sex without protection. So it's, uh, it's um, sexual behavior that's really dangerous to both themselves and, and their partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so utilizing hypnosis for... Uh, a compulsion like that, right? So, yes. When you're talking about sexual incident, quote unquote, you mean like anonymous sex or sex with prostitutes, um, strippers, like that type of, is that what you mean? Yes, exactly. Okay. That's what I mean. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So if somebody is dealing with a, uh, a compulsion, 
uh, and, and it can be anything. It could be, you know, uh, overeating, gambling, uh, but let's just, we're talking about sex now. So this is idea that um, there's anything, any number of reasons that people do this, right? That they are compelled to do something. If it's pornography, for example, it's the pairing in the brain uh, of some kind of uh, instant shot of dopamine, mm-hmm. uh, which is a neurotransmitter in the brain that really kind of excites a person, mm-hmm. um, and a visual. And in this case, uh, you know, the, the yes. pornography is and, and the clicking from one thing to another. Uh, there's so many different things to talk about here uh, with regards to that. I try to stay focused because, you know, we're also talking about the um, uh, the, the many people who who do this kind of thing have difficulty with intimacy for example they they are not able to really have a an intimate um deep relationship with somebody or they they struggle with that yes uh, it's an intimacy disorder like people tend to think about it as sex but it's really an intimacy disorder exactly exactly so you know as a result uh you know there are a number of things to deal with one of the things about hypnosis that's useful with respect to a compulsive activity is helping the uh, client to uh gain some uh, a buffer some uh, a disconnect between their uh, urge to do something and the actual doing of it Mm-hmm. Uh, where so the the idea that uh, you know a an urge may start with a thought or an association mm-hmm. uh, that could be visual, could be auditory, uh, uh, you know it could be uh, olfactory, could be smelling, yeah, whatever it might be that that sets the urge off. Um, the the distance in time between the time you get the urge and you do something about it, if you can lengthen that distance. In time, and you know something, uh, a study some time ago about um, about urges in general, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, let's say addiction, whether it's substance, substance addiction, it could be cocaine or whatever it might be. They measured the urge in a bell curve, and they found that an urge is really about ninety seconds. Wow, not so, long. You picture <laughs> it as much longer, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is it one urge after the other? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, the, in effect, when I work with uh, when I work with a client who's struggling with this, and I tell them this, and I show them uh, graphically what a bell curve looks like. You know, it looks like a bell, frankly. Uh-huh. Bubble, yeah. You know, uh, and if you go to the top of the bell curve, you're at 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I say effectively, what can you do for 45 seconds? And the answer is, well, probably, I don't know, almost anything. I can hold my breath. I can stand on one foot. Mm-hmm. I can, you know, uh, I can, um, you know, blink. I can, well, you know what? I can keep my eyes wide open. So if you can do almost anything for that amount of time, then you can fight an urge. Mm. And what we do with hypnosis is when you, we, we uh, I'll train somebody to, um, utilize a, uh, a kind of a quick trance, you might say, so that the moment that the urge becomes, they become aware of the urge, they then go into a countdown, you might say, uh-huh. of disconnecting themselves from the actual uh, behavior. Just because they have the urge doesn't mean they have to behave this way. Right, yeah. They don't have to give rise to the behavior. They can stop themselves, you might say. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there are methods by which you can maybe satisfy that urge. You could do something else. 
I'm not going into too much detail here, just to try to give you a broad brushstroke about how it's it may be used with a uh, client who's got a sexual compulsivity. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying, okay, they only have to resist that urge, let's say for 90 seconds total, or let's say 45 seconds, because the first 45 seconds is just them becoming aware of it, right? <laughs> then correct. if they can resist it for just that tiny amount of time, then it sets off a completely different behavioral pattern versus if they give into it and take that first step towards whatever substance it is, whether it's porn, alcohol, coke, whatever that is. Right. Okay. Right. And, and yeah, so, so for example, they, they, uh, they might, uh, I'm just going to do some practical steps here. So they, they might, for example, use that time once they've gotten, uh, because you made a good point before you saying, well, what happens if the, you know, there's one urge, then there comes another urge and yeah. all this other sort of <laughs> right. business. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, that's a, a very legitimate uh, question. So for example, if you get some distance um, with these urges, then you could, if you're in a program, you can call your sponsor, right. yeah. uh, you know, uh, or you can, again, there are many different things you can do if you deploy strategies that you put in place, because bear in mind, whatever the compulsion is, you don't want to, as a as a clinical person, mm-hmm. offering offering people some help. Uh, my focus is not on one small sliver, but on the entire person. Mm-hmm. So, what from my point of view, what I want to do is I want to hit this on from every angle possible, mm-hmm. so that someone's got a fighting chance to uh, disconnect from this compulsive behavior. Uh, totally. And th- that would mean that we look at the gestalt, the entire person and what's going on in his life and uh, mm-hmm. how to utilize some of the uh, strengths that he has and, you know, how to plug into uh, the support systems and, you know, hypnosis just being a way to him for him to begin to utilize some of these other things. Yes. Okay. So hypnosis is just one of those tools. You know, sex addiction is different than let's say like alcohol drugs those type of things because it can be like breaking sobriety is like taking a drink versus sex addiction is generally defined by the individual and their sponsor what that sobriety is so Mm -hmm. for some people it's um the first click onto a porn site for other people it's you know not acting out with strangers that type Mm -hmm. of thing and then they have the middle circle, which is danger zone. And then generally that this outer circle, which is all these wonderful things, all the healthy things they can do for themselves to not act out, call a sponsor, meditation, prayer, you know, go to a meeting, um, mm-hmm. take a walk, all, all kinds yeah. of different things. So you're saying mm-hmm. hypnosis is used in that outer circle there. Like this is one tool that you have to help break that urge to help you step out of that pattern. Right. Think of it as a bridge to continue this metaphor. You can you can be on the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. If you jump off, that's your compulsive behavior. Mm-hmm. If you find the bridge and walk over that uh, deep hole that you could have fallen into, uh, that's hypnosis. Hypnosis is that bridge that will enable you to get to the other side without falling into the black hole uh, that you've otherwise experienced. Gotcha. Because, you know, often addicts want 
like a lifesaver, right? Like, <laughs> like who wants to do all that hard work? So mm-hmm. they'll ask, like, can hypnosis fix me? Can, can it be the magic wand? And you're saying, no, it's a bridge. It's not the magic wand. It's just a bridge to the other side. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things that um, people who practice using hypnosis may get calls from people who uh, might be, you know, desperate to find. I got a call like that actually just the other day. It wasn't around sex, but it was around, uh, you know, something close to it with respect to uh, a man who um, was working with a therapist and asked me, he got a referral to me and he said to me, look, can you help me, um, you know, change the way I am with women? Wow. That's a tall order. Yeah, and pretty Uh, broad. Like, what exactly do you mean there, right? Yeah. (laughs) And this was a 40-something-year-old man who's had uh, a bunch of very successful businessmen, but very failed relationships time and time again. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of sexual, kind of a sexual edge. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I explained to him hypnosis is not a cure for that. You, You need to really get into more of what you and your therapist are working on right now. And so uh, that was the kind of call that some of us get when we do hypnosis. I'd like you to fix me, please. <laughs> yes, right. And yeah, that's that goes back to the intimacy. Like he's working on the intimacy part with his therapist. I'm imagining, right? Yes, <laughs> like yes exactly. Relationships. Yes, yeah. yes. But you know, the thing that takes a while. So yes, people, we all want to, the things happen really quick, but that's not just uh, that's not always the case. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That is longer term work. That takes a lot of trust too. It's the relationship between the therapist and the client. Even takes a lot of trust in intimacy develops over time so when you're talking about intimacy disorder Mm -hmm. you know there's some substance there for the the therapeutic relationship let's say yeah yeah so how how do you use it or do you use it with couples as well like we've been focusing it sounds like more on individuals but when you have a couple coming into your office and let's say one is struggling with sex addiction do you ever do it for the couples, like teach them how to, I don't know, entrain together or something like that? How does that work? Well, so, so there's a couple of things. Uh, you know, often uh, couples will come in and there's a, uh, let's just look at the uh, kind of the broad um, spectrum uh, mm-hmm. very, very quickly. On the one hand, it's your, the, the issues that couples may have. So for example, there may be a couples that, that have been together, they have long-term love relationship. They've been in a long-term love relationship and they really are happy with each other. Uh, but their, their sex life is not really, it's a little ho-hum. They might be, um, wanting to change, but, uh, they, they might have a difficulty with that because they might feel that they don't want to insult the other person, their partner, mm-hmm. or they, they might get rejected or they they might be seen by their partner as being a little too kinky whatever the case may be so there are those kinds of folks okay so that's one type of but on the other end of the spectrum we got people for example who might come in because of what you're referring to there might be a sex addiction there might be um uh, the intimacy aversion uh mm-hmm. there uh those kinds of things so there's or there might have been an affair which i work a lot with 
that kind right. of thing. Or multiple um, affairs. If you're talking about sex addiction, it's often multiple affairs over years. Exactly. Years. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That kind of thing. So, so you're working on a number of levels. One of the levels is working uh, with the individual, for example, on this compulsive behavior. Um, but you know, where you're talking about using hypnosis for a couple, it may not be for the sex addiction piece. It may be for the sense of connecting on an intimate level mm -hmm. uh, that doing uh, hypnosis with the couple uh, I have found to be useful. And uh, that is to say to help them to disengage from this maybe tense, uh, more uh, edgy feeling they get around this subject as a result of, uh, you know, all the things that have gone before, mm -hmm. uh, to a more kind of connected, more sensual connection, more fluid connection between the two of them. Uh, that sometimes is, is helped by uh, being in a hypnotic state where you can, you know, kind of click down a bit yes, and, you know, get to a more primal, more basic, fundamental feeling about uh, the other person. So there's some exercises that we, we might do utilizing some of the pre-hypnotic techniques uh, where a couple can uh, actually feel more connected so when they leave the office they would, will have had uh, an experience that they can reference mm -hmm. uh, which is an important thing about um, the experiential side of life you, you need to have a reference point yes could you share like just a quick technique that someone could do at home perhaps with their spouse well, if I were to think of it now off the top of my head, one technique might be, uh, for example, just placing your spouse's hand over your heart mm -hmm. and your hand over your spouse's heart. And then your spouse covers your hand with theirs and vice versa. And you're kind of in, you're facing each other, of course. Let's hope you're facing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have very long arms. Exactly. <laughs> Your miss is incredible. <laughs> so then what you do is then the practice is this. It's it's not like you have to stare into each other's arm, uh, eyes, which there are many different strategies. But this one technique, you don't have to necessarily stare in each other's eyes. You actually can close your eyes. And what you want to do is you want to be able to breathe in sync so that your heartbeat Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you may have racing heartbeat at this point, but <laughs> what you want to do <laughs> is you, you want to be able to breathe in sync so that your, your heartbeats almost in some way or another are synchronized. And uh, it's kind of a heart-to-heart -heart via your hands uh, exercise to connect the two of you in a way that you may not have been connected before. It's, there's no magic here. It's just really a question of being able to take a moment to be able to uh, connect with each other in a way that is fundamental, that is not, uh, that, that's not verbal. Mm -hmm. It's a completely uh, nonverbal, physical connection. Lovely. It sounds absolutely lovely. Also, um, not sexual. It sounds like intimacy. Like, let's first connect on an emotional, intimate level before we move into other things. Right. Exactly. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. well, we are at the end of our time here. I could talk to you forever. So interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to respect your time. So... Please tell people how to find you if they want to come in and work on 
sex addiction, couples, marriage, you know, any kind of thing that's happening for them. Sure. I, I'd be happy to have them come to my website, drstanhyman.com, D-R, Stan Hyman, uh, dot com. Doctor is not spelled out. Uh, and uh, look me up on the internet. You, you're bound to find me. Yes, you're, you're easily findable. And I will also put that in the show notes for them. So anyone has easy access to that. Yeah. Great. Thank you so Great. much. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. addiction is such an important topic and it's so misunderstood. I'm glad that we have more understanding that Dr. Hyman gave us about what's going on, how long that urge is, what are the options to fight it? What are the options to create a bridge? It's like, let's even move away from more your kind of metaphor and into Yes, hypnosis can create a bridge from one side to the other, from the urge to act out to the ability to do something healthier for yourself, to take care of yourself, to truly move into loving yourself in that moment instead of acting out. Acting out is pretty much the opposite of that. I really love that piece as well as the exercise he gave at the end for couples. Anyone can do that at home and anyone can experience that feeling of connection and intimacy and centering before moving into other things. I think that would be even great to do. Like you're not even planning sex afterwards. Like, honey, let's just take a moment here to connect with each other. All right, people, you have the resources at the beginning. If you skip those parts, about how to get help if you're facing sex addiction anywhere in the world. If you can access the internet, it's saa-recovery.org. Go there, try to get some help, talk to someone. I'll talk to you next week. Peace. If you like this episode, do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on whatever player you like. Or even better, tell a friend so that more and more people learn about hypnosis and how it can be helpful for them. If you want to know more about me, head over to drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z, hypnosis.com. You can see the downloads and see if there's one that's helpful for your life. Or you could also join the newsletter and get a couple of free files, as well as lots of good content. I've written a newsletter for well over 10 years. Go ahead and subscribe and join the rest of the world. All right, people, have a wonderful week.